G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. He met a a family from this Christian hot rod club and uh, became really good friends with them and met up with the rest of the club. I have to be honest, one thing that I really noticed about them is they never walked around pretending that life was fantastic. You know, we we got to know them enough and got quite close with some people that, you know, we realised that they have struggles and problems just like everybody else. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Today, we have a remarkable testament to God's grace and healing power in the life of Sonia Moses. A horrific car accident left doctors wondering if she would ever walk again. But due to a series of remarkable events, Sonia and her husband's lives were completely transformed after they became involved in a Christian hot rod club. We'll find out the details as she has a chat with Shelley Scullin. Sonia, you were brought up in a non-Christian home. You did a lot of the normal things that kids and teenagers do. But it was when you were in a car accident at the age of 20 that your world was just turned upside down. What happened on that day? Um, okay, well, Shelley, um, basically, yeah, I, was, it was, I was 20, as you said. I was driving home, normal day, um, home to yeah, from, from the shops. And um, I had a yeah, horrific car accident. It was actually a head-on collision with a bus. Mm. So, um, you know, hearing that, you obviously think that the um, even the emergency crew didn't expect me to, to survive it or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I ended up in a wheelchair for six months. I had emergency surgery several hours um, after it, of course, and uh, had to relearn how to walk. So, yeah, from going from an active person who I was actually following a dancing career at this stage was pursuing all that, I um, went to, you know, quite an invalid, learning how to walk and learning how to, to relearn life again without without dancing in it, which was a big part of my childhood. So, yeah. Wow, that's a major blow. I mean, that kind of um, trauma is already going to really um, muck with you. But as you say, having to just completely change your whole direction in life, uh, that must have been weighing pretty heavily on your mind when you're in hospital. Yeah, it was, it was. But um, I, I managed to stay fairly positive. I'm the sort of person who always sees the positive side of things. So, you know, I sort of just took it as a challenge, I guess, and challenged myself. And, you know, the doctors said to me that I'd probably have a limp for the rest of my life. And being a bit of a stubborn streak in me, um, I sort of thought, no, I'm not going to have this limp. I'm 20 years of age. Come on, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and um, I managed to actually even get rid of that limp over the years after three, three years of rehabilitation and physio and massage and that sort of thing. So, but yeah, it was, it was a pretty, pretty hard time in my life, definitely. Yeah. Fast forward a few years and you have now been a Zumba instructor. That's pretty good a testament to the healing power of God in your life. Definitely, definitely. Considering the doctors did say to me that, 
you know, I, the fact that I'd probably limp, limp for the rest of my life, let alone, you know, not be able to dance for the rest of my life. To be a Zulu instructor is pretty amazing. So, yeah, I just recently gave that up, actually. But I did do it for three years, and I loved it. And um, it was just, it, it just brings so much joy to, to dance and that again. And God certainly has, has healed me um, in that respect to be able to do something that I just love and enjoy doing. Things are pretty tough, but you did have your boyfriend by your side and he's now your husband and things have gone happily ever after with him. How did you meet your husband, Yoni? Oh, good question, Shelley. Uh, well, we actually met when I was 17, so um, and it was basically through uh, dancing, believe it or not. So I actually taught his two nieces Hungarian dancing. I was their instructor and their uncle was coming along to watch them perform and they introduced to him and... Really, yeah, the rest is history. It was love at first sight for me. <laughs> and, um, yeah, certainly, um, it's definitely a, um, a bright spark in my life, that's for sure. So, and he helped me through my car accident, um, quite a lot. He was, he was through it all, never left me. And yeah, as you said, we're married and yeah, living happily ever after with two boys. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. You mentioned yeah. Hungarian dancing in there. What's Hungarian dancing like? Hungarian what, what's dancing? the style? Um, if you were to sort of base it against something else, have you ever seen any sort of Russian dancing or mm. Irish dancing? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's sort of similar to those. It's very energetic, very full on. You need to be quite, you know, really, really to be able to do it. Um, it's very fast. And, um, yeah, so I, I guess it's a mixture of Russian and Irish dancing um, put together. So lots of feet work and that sort of thing. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, heavy costumes, lots of petticoats and things like that, yeah. So, wow, it sounds yeah. really cool. And nice that you're able to keep that element of culture. I assume you have some Hungarian in your blood? Yes, definitely. Both parents are Hungarian. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so they both migrated to Australia in the, I think it was the late 60s. So, yeah. yeah. And your yeah. husband is Yoni. I assume he has some Hungarian in his blood too? He does too. Both his parents are Hungarian. There you go. So, yeah. That's so wonderful. Then. What a great way to keep a bit of your, your culture alive in um, your life today. That's correct. Yeah, it is. It's, huh. Yeah, really important. Are you teaching your own boys a little bit of Hungarian dancing? Uh, not not so much dancing. A little bit of Hungarian is a language, yeah. They, yeah. They've learned a little bit of that. Makes it a little bit harder because there's not so many Hungarian people around to talk to anymore. No, but, true. Um, yeah, no. So uh, we try to keep the culture up, and they certainly know where their grandparents have come from and all that sort of thing. So oh, that's it's, lovely. It's important. Yeah. yeah. So you weren't saved at the time that you met your hu- well, your now husband. Um, no. And you weren't particularly into cars at the time either. But no. Yoni was. <laughs> you got yeah. dragged along to a few car meets. Yeah, definitely. Look, you know, sometimes you've got to you've got to pretend that you you know you like what they like <laughs> to get <laughs> yeah. their attention. So uh, yeah, and, and cars was one of them. So Yoni loved tinkering with cars, and he's actually very uh, talented and gifted in in you know doing up cars and that sort of thing. And one of his passions was hot rods, actually. So they're like you know early Fords, mm-hmm. all sort of done up. So um, yeah, he was into um, into doing a hot rod, and he built one from pretty much scratch and designed it himself. And uh, yeah, we went along to a few car meets and cruises and things like that. And yeah, sort of went from there. Yeah, well, you started getting involved with the Christian Hot Rod Club then. Uh, it's it, this is an interesting concept because a lot of people don't put Christians and hot rodding together. 
No, definitely not. And I'll have to be honest with you, Shelley, when I first heard about them, I thought it was really odd myself. And, um, yeah, he met a, a family from this Christian Hot Rod Club and uh, became really good friends with them. And we went along and we met up with the rest of the club at a Winter Sun, actually, which is a, uh event that happens down at Coolangatta quite a few years ago. And, uh, yeah, we um, got on really well with them. They were just such a lovely bunch of people. And as, as not being a Christian or not saved at the time, I was, you know, I guess I was a bit apprehensive and anxious about the whole thing and thought, oh, what are they going to do? But um, they were just lovely. They were just very welcoming and loving. And they really accepted Yoni and I for where we were at in our life, which, you know, looking back, we weren't in a very good place, but um, they just, they never judged us. They never looked down at us. They just took us into part of their, their hot rod family, I guess. And um, yeah, that, that's how it happens. We just wow. love hanging around them. <laughs> and so you hung around for long enough to realise that there was something really different about these people? Definitely, definitely. I have to be honest, that one thing that I really noticed about them is they never walked around pretending that life was fantastic you know we we got to know them enough and got quite close with some people that you know we realized that they have struggles and problems just like everybody else but there was something different about them and I remember watching them thinking they just have this joy even, even though they're going through a struggle or a hard time or there's this trial that's happening they have this incredible joy and you know hindsight's a good thing you know you know now I know now as a Christian that that was the joy of God, joy of knowing that God is in control regardless of what they're walking through. And um, it, they're just incredible and inspirational people. Um, they still are. When we, we're still in contact with a lot of them even today. Mm. Oh, that's wonderful. So how was it that you actually came to that point of realising that you needed to accept Jesus as your saviour? <laughs> well, again, I think it was a lot of prayer, <laughs> a lot of prayer on their part. From from what we, we found out afterwards, Shelley, is uh, the club had prayed for us for four years. So we were w- with the club for four years as non-Christians. And, you know, we know that they also had a chapter in America and a chapter down in Melbourne. And they also had their their members praying for us. So we had a lot of prayer over Yoni and I. And um, But I guess, yeah, for me personally, I just, I started realising that there was something more to life than what I thought was life and that there was someone bigger than me and um, I wanted to know more about this, you know, God and Jesus and who is Jesus and, and why do these people just adore him so much and so I kind of went on my own little journey and it was, believe it or not, through um, through music. So, you know, here I am a dancer and the way that God reached out to me was, was through music. I was, you know, taken to a few music festivals, Christian music festivals. Yeah, it, it was sort of, yeah, through music that God spoke to me, listening to the radio, obviously, um, you know, Christian radio stations. And, uh, yeah, one day I just was in a church service and, I just really felt that I need to give my life to this Jesus and trust in him and, and see where it takes me. So, yeah, I did. I did, yeah. So four years after meeting the Christian Hot Rod Club. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's awesome. What a great testimony and I'm sure such an encouragement to the people in the Hot Rod Club and then anyone who's involved with um, Sunfest and AGMF, uh, for them to know that all their hard work, there's the fruit right there. You know, Definitely. It's, it's really yeah. exciting. Yeah. No, we, and I'm just so grateful for all those prayers and, yeah, it's just amazing, you know, like becoming a Christian doesn't necessarily mean that life's going to be wonderful because you are a Christian. You're still going to have trials and, and tough times and challenges, but now I get to share that joy that I witnessed 
always mm. years ago from mm. those people and just remember that, you know, God's in control of it all and I'm just here for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. But the story doesn't stop there because your husband, Yoni noticed the change in you pretty quickly. He saw that you had made some pretty massive changes in your life. Tell us yeah. about how he was saved then. Oh, wow. Well, this this is pretty amazing because I, when I became a Christian, obviously, um, Yoni wasn't with me. I was there with a, a couple of girlfriends. And I came home that early morning, it was like 3 a.m. in the morning, and I walked through the door and, and I walked up to Yoni and, and, and I said, oh, I have something to tell you. And he says, I know. And I said, what do you mean you know? And he goes, I can tell in your eyes. So honestly, you know, <laughs> that was that was amazing. He knew, he knew straight away that I had given my life to the Lord. So yeah. it didn't take him long. Um, it was about two weeks later that, that he... He also accepted Jesus into his life. And, um, yeah, it's been amazing for us mm. um, individually, but also, you know, as a married couple. It's just amazing what, you know, putting Jesus in the centre of it all has done for us. You're listening to The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is chatting with Sonia Moses about how her and her husband's lives were completely transformed after they became involved in a Christian hot rod club. Next, we'll hear about the miracle birth of their second child. That and more when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax. You're listening to The Story. Today, we've been hearing how Sonia Moses and her husband committed their lives to Christ after attending a Christian hot rod club. They're now experiencing a new joy brought about by being among Christian friends in a supportive community. Now we turn to the miracle birth of their second son. Sonia, God's done some incredible things in your life. You've had so many happy moments. One of those or two of those being your two precious children that have come along along the way. Uh, You had uh, particularly your second child, though, is... I guess particularly a miracle baby. Tell us the story of little Joel. Okay. Well, you know, just like any any time, you know, you fall pregnant and you get really excited. And I knew straight away when that I was pregnant. And um, but I also knew, being my second um, baby, that something wasn't quite right. And I actually I had this pain in my my left side, you know, near my um, ovaries. And I thought, oh, what is this niggling pain? And over the weeks it got worse and one day I remember driving down the road and I had Zachary who was my nearly two-year-old at the time was in the car and I just felt God speak to me and say Sonia there's something wrong with this baby you know you're pregnant and there's something wrong with this baby and you need to pray for, for this baby and I was pulled over at the side of the road and I started praying and of course with that came lots of tears and I remember then God even telling me to pray for Yoni my husband I was praying for Yoni my husband and Honest, Shelley, I don't know how long I was there for, whether it was five minutes or half an hour, I really don't. I just mm. remembered that I stopped praying and I'd, you know, um, gone to my friend's house and finished the day. But I, I, you know, I told my husband, I said, there's something wrong. And, and he was like, oh, you know, um, it's okay, don't worry. And, but I could feel that this pain every day was actually getting worse. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. On the Friday, I went to I went to the doctors and um, had it had it all checked out, and it turned out that there was something wrong, and I was actually having a topic pregnancy. So, um, which was any mother's worst nightmare to hear. But um, to be honest, again, the rest was a blur. I was sitting there in in the doctor's surgery. You know, Yoni was beside me. I heard what the doctor had said, and then I just heard the words pray. And from that moment, I was just praying. Um, Yoni led me out to the car, and I was just praying, and I went home. And I just thought, you know, something needs to be done. We can't we can't do this because the doctor had said by this stage that on the Monday I would actually have to have the the procedure to, to you know get rid of the the baby because well, at the time they call it a sack to get rid of it because um, obviously if it keeps growing where it is it, it's going to kill me as well as mm. the baby obviously so it was pretty traumatic at that time yeah yeah super traumatic where you feel you don't really have a whole lot of option there where you were booked in to have that procedure but then a miracle happened tell us the yeah. story oh uh, yes yeah. Definitely. Um, look, I went home and I just knew that, you know, I, I knew by this stage that, that God is our healer and you know, if we ask, you know, we shall receive. And I just felt that God pre-warning me, you know, giving me giving me these signs that there was something wrong. I just, I knew that his hand was, was on this, this baby and on me. And so I chose to, to just, you know, be with him in faith and in prayer and I had a, a healing CD that I actually used to listen to a lot and it was um, was basically just all the scriptures in the Bible, a lot of Isaiah actually, that was just talking about the sovereign God that we have in our, you know, that he is and the healer and the miracle worker that he is and that he is the same today um, as he was yesterday and the same as he'll be tomorrow. And I had this CD playing and I was praying and again, it was, you know, very much of a blur, but... Um, I remember I specifically said to him that, you know, God, you know, your word says that we can move mountains in your name. I'm not asking you to move mountains. I'm asking you to move a tiny sack. You know, that's all I'm asking. Yeah. And I only have to have the faith of a mustard seed to, to move this. And, and I have that faith. Um, so that was pretty incredible. And because moments later, I remember the, the pain had just, instantly disappeared and it was something that I had continuous pain of it was it never disappeared it, was, it instantly disappeared and the words in my head was it is done I mean it's giving you goosebumps just telling you again you know six years ago and it's just yeah it's incredible and um yeah so on Monday I went in uh, to the doctor's surgery and I told them and they all looked at me very funny and they said, oh, we need to do an ultrasound anyway to double check everything. And sure enough, the ultrasound proved that um, the, the sack was, had moved and my beautiful baby had moved into my womb and they could actually see the scarring in the fallopian tube of, of where it was stuck. And they couldn't deny it. And um, they did, as doctors always do, said to me, oh, look, you know, honey, that, that's great, it's moved and we don't really understand why but um, you'll probably, you know, miscarry now because it's probably been damaged. Mm. And, uh, well, I didn't miscarry because, yeah, yeah, nine months later I had a beautiful baby boy called Joel. Wow. Was, yeah, who's nearly six years old, believe it or not. <laughs> and absolutely thriving as well. Yes, yes, yeah. he definitely is a little genius boy. <laughs> wow. So yeah, and um, I just I feel God's hand on Joel. I feel that Joel is 
definitely meant to be here. I mean, we all are. You know, none of us are a mistake. You know, mm. people out there that believe that, you know, if you have an accident, a child's an accident or a mistake, that it's just so wrong. God made that, that child for a reason and they're meant to be here. And they have a purpose in life. And I really do feel that Joel's purpose in life is, is bigger than what any, any of us can imagine. And I just hope that I am raising him um, to the full potential that, that God needs him to be. Mm. So, but yeah, pretty amazing. That weight of responsibility of parenting is yeah. pretty massive, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. But honestly, yeah. it's a gift as well. Oh, um, yeah. You know, I'm privileged every day to have two beautiful boys that, um, you know, yeah, they're just adorable. I can't, yeah, I can't speak highly enough of them, really. Yeah. And, um, yeah, as crazy as they can be sometimes, <laughs> um, they are a gift from God. And oh, I yeah. just truly am thankful for that. Yeah. And that was just one of many times that you've really had to exercise that faith in God and, and just trust that God has everything under control. You had another um, fairly big blow where your husband was out of work for two years. That must yeah. have been a pretty difficult time. <laughs> oh, gosh, was it? Yeah. <laughs> Having him home for two years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you can laugh about it now. Yeah, look, um, Johnny was always in work. He'd never been out of work. He's, you know, he always held jobs really well and, and, you know, he was the provider of the family. So mm. I was, you know, privileged enough to, to sort of pretty much be a stay-at-home mum and I did a little bit of part-time work here and there and um, yeah one day just out of the blue he came home at 10am in the morning and said you know I've lost my job and I'm thinking what do you mean you've lost your job this is unbelievable but again thinking being positive you know having that that, that positive in me I thought oh he'll get a job really quickly but as time wore on it yeah it was two years but um Honestly, I, looking back, I, I can only say that it was God. It was God's hand on our life, God's hand on, on us financially, taking care of us financially. There were times, Shelley, I would, you know, look at our bank account and we'd have $20 in there and I'd know that I'd have over $200 worth of bills and I'm like, I don't know how to pay this. I don't know how to put food on the table. And yet he always provided. Things were always given to us. Um, two particular things that really stand out to me in those two years was once um, we had um, Zachary in school and he, were, he was in a, a uh, private school at the time and we were really struggling with, with obviously paying his intuition. So we wanted to keep him there because it was a really good school and, you know, his education to us came first. But we were really struggling with one term to pay his intuition and uh, I got a, a letter home from his school saying that our invoice had been fully paid by some anonymous family. Um, who just wanted really? to bless us, and that was just an amazing. It was it was a humiliating time at the time as well. If you know what I mean? Yeah. It was very humbling, but I, again, you know, if that family is listening to them today, like honestly, thank you so much. You have no idea what you did for us, mm-hmm. and how much you have blessed us and helped us. And again, just showing God's love and grace on us. It was just amazing. So that's one. Another one was a. A very close group of girlfriends came over with a large hamper of groceries and vouchers for us, for butchers, vouchers and all sorts of vouchers just to get us through. And just the, just the simple things that we take for granted and they just provided that for us. I honestly, Shelley, wonder, oh my goodness, how do people do it without God? How did I do it without God before mm. I knew him? Like, 
getting going through life, your highs and your lows, you know, to know that he's there with you, he's walking with you, that he loves you and he cares for you, and you can just chat to him about it. You can do whatever you need to do, you know, yell at him if you need to <laughs> when you're, you know, in times of low, but I honestly don't know how people do it without him. And, um, you know, if I can encourage anyone today is just to say, you know, just, just press into him. Don't give up on him because he's not giving up on you. And um, he's there. He's there all the time. And, uh, you know, he may show, his, show himself in a very small way or in a very large way that, that he loves you just as much as he loves me. And, you know, I can see that through my everyday walk with him. Mm. Pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. I think you've <laughs> summed it up pretty well there, Sonia. Yeah. Thanks so much for bringing us some great encouragement today and sharing some of your story. Thank you. Thank you, Shelley. It's been an honour and a privilege. Thank you very much. That was Shelley Scowen chatting with Sonia Moses about her life journey and what a journey it's been. First, we heard how a horrific car accident left her wondering if she would even walk again. Then after she was healed, we heard about the difference Christ has made in her and her husband's lives after they became involved in a Christian hot rod club. Then we heard about the miracle birth of their second son. What an incredible testament to God's grace and healing power. As the Bible says, nothing is impossible with God. And this has certainly been the case in the lives of Sonia and her husband, Yanni. Well, thanks for joining us. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.